Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Howard Homecoming, or is it? Um, we talk about the verses between Big Daddy Kane and um, Karis One, and we're also going to discuss the niceness or lack of between Americans this day. All that on the Ty Digger Show. Please just get ready and buckle up. Hey, welcome everybody. Um, today on the Ty Digger Show, uh, I believe this is episode 56, 55. Um, I tend to lose count sometimes um, how many actual shows that I've done. Um, but thank you guys for uh, sticking with me and let's get into it, shall we? Um, last week, uh, this past week, we had a great versus battle between 80s icon and pi- hip hop pioneers, Big Daddy Kane and uh, Karis One. Um there was a lot of trash talking involved, and, and I think that's the best part. Um, these old heads come back, and, you know, they, they sit there, and they go back and forth with each other, but they do the music, and it's pretty much all in love. And um, this, in my opinion, was probably one of the better shows, uh, versus shows that they did. I think when you have verses, uh, the, the trick is you got to find artists with a catalog. Um, and now whether you think that catalog is good, bad, but we're talking about catalogs that are a lot more deeper than maybe some of your newer uh, artists. Um, I know people uh, have said Drake is uh, would be a good one, and and I actually agree with that. I think Drake would be a a good uh, opponent for somebody. Um, who? Not sure. Um, I don't think there's a lot of people in his um, in his era that can uh, go toe to toe with him. Um, actually, and I know people will probably yell and scream and, and, and curse me out about it, but I think Drake could go up against a guy like uh, Jay-Z or somebody like that, somebody whose catalog is long, because I think Drake's catalog is uh, pretty big, not as big as uh, old school uh, artists, but it's enough for him to put 20 songs, and I think he can um, actually do well in one of these battles. But let's not uh, spend all time talking about Toronto's finest. Um I'm actually going to speak about him in a few minutes, but um, let's get back to the verses. Um, first off, the flow of both artists were impeccable. And we're talking men who are 
now well into their fifties and they still came out and they put on a show just like they were 20. Um, I, I saw Karis one in concert, um, twice once in uh, undergrad and I also saw him again. Um, I want to say 2006, 2006, uh, 2007. Um, I saw him perform in DC and both times he was uh, simply amazing. Um, I, I didn't see big daddy Kane until later on, um, around 2012, 2013. And, um, again, fabulous, amazing. Like the guy put on the show, he, he took care of himself. And that's the most important thing when we're talking about verses. Um, these men, these guys, these artists, uh, MC Light, Queen Latifah, Roxanne Chate, uh, Karis One, Rakim, uh, Slick Rick, uh, Big Daddy Kane, uh, Redman, um, for all work, they guys really take care of themselves and they really um, are still able to get on stage and perform a show without falling apart. And and breath control and being in shape is it is very important when we talk when we're talking about uh, doing uh, shows. But they came out on the stage, they they rap, they freestyle, they did they um, they did their written stuff. Um, they also did soundtrack, uh, Jack of Spades, uh, Lean on Me. Um, it was uh, amazing. And I think we should actually have more of these, more of these when we're uh, talking about uh, verses. And it was fun. And and I think a lot of people, the mistake a lot of people still make is they get caught up in trying to find a winner. And I think at the end of the day, we all win. I think the fans win um, in these verses because we get to go back in time uh when these songs first came out and you know we get excited to see that you know we're very excited we're very happy to see that so uh, i think it's very important um that we are uh, able to continue these and um able to um you know just keep just keep hip-hop alive you know um and another thing before i move on from that is um you're not too old to rap uh, i think i hear this a lot when people say oh you're 40 you're 50 you shouldn't be rapping no more you know, and I see the memes and the jokes about guys trying to be rappers when they're uh, when they're in their 50s, 40s and 50s. And, you know, and I kind of push back on that because I think hip hop is the only genre or the only uh, area of music where people feel like you're too old to do it. And I totally disagree with that. Um, so, fellas, if you want to start a, a rap career in your mid 40s, go for it who's stopping you you know what I'm saying if you love the uh music if you love the uh culture who said who's to tell you that you can't do it now if you're trying to become a rapper and you're not taking care of your business at 40 man that might be a problem i mean don't quit until you blow up but you know other than that shit go for it i'm all for it uh, as you see right now i'm celebrating uh homecoming at home not really going to go out, you know, um, COVID around and, um, you know, dealing with cancer, you know, my immune system is down and, you know, I try, try to protect myself and my family. So, you know, I'm not going to go out. Um, but more on homecoming in the next segment right now, I just want to come back to Drake. As I said, I was going to come back to at the end and another meme has been floating around, um, Drake being bigger than Michael Jackson, people, people, uh, Drake having a better career, Drake being a better artist than Michael Jackson, and Drake has more hits than Michael Jackson. I don't think people understand who Michael Jackson is. I, I, I honestly don't think who 
you guys were not either not outside or not around when you baby when Michael Jackson was big and he's alive, or maybe you're just being stupid on purpose. But Thriller was a number one album for two years running. Um, and and Thriller wasn't even his best album. Um, a lot of people would say Off the Wall was was a better album, and I would agree with that. But you know, if you think Thriller was better, that's fine. And just talk about the cultural impact a person like Michael Jackson had. And we talk about Michael Jackson hits, and people cut out the fact that he was with the Jackson five. Um, he was pretty much the lead single to Jackson five. And, and that group had hits. Um, I think I saw somebody uh, posted that the Jackson five sold more albums than Prince's entire catalog. And, and it, for those of you who know who Prince is, that's amazing. And Prince catalog is deep and Prince has a lot of jams. So, um, what up, LB? Uh, hey, sis, how you doing? Uh, just waving at people that's coming in. Uh, for those of you who are listening, who will be listening to the show, um, I'm actually do. I, I like to do it uh, IG live and have people uh, see me. Um, just see me that I'm doing better, you know, and I'm up and about. But anyway, a few years ago, story. I have a little story. A few years ago, Drake. Um, Try to come into the Miami Heat's locker room after they won the uh, NBA championship. I believe when they beat San Antonio, this might have been 2012. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, he could not get into the locker room. Let me tell you what Michael Jackson's influence, his his influence, um, his impact would have been. Not only would he have got in the locker room, they would have definitely let him hold that championship trophy. I'm pretty sure if Michael Jackson was alive and he came into an NBA game and wanted to get on the court to shoot a shot during a timeout, they would let him. That's how big Michael Jackson is. No, there's not a place in the world in Drake for Drake, who I think is a good rapper. And I think as a rapper, he's going to go down as one of the best. Um, again, people might dislike me saying that. And personally, I hate saying it, but I can't deny his hits. But when you talk about hits, and you bring up Michael Jackson's name, wake me when Drake is able to tell NBC that he wants to produce, he wants to premiere a video, and I want to take five minutes, five to ten minutes out of your best programming to do that video. When they cut through the Simpsons on Fox or the Cosby show, and for those of you my age, remember how big the Cosby show is. Like, you know, they cut that show short to premiere a Michael Jackson video. Like his videos are movies or mini movies and everybody stopped what they was doing to see that video. So we can come back to school the next day to talk about the video. Or for those of you who are older than I am, you go to work and you talk about that video. So uh, it's not fair to Drake to compare him to Michael Jackson, you know, and, and we talk about um, another thing. We talk about streaming numbers. A lot of people like to bring up streaming numbers again. The internet, Michael Jackson had this following without the internet. He didn't have a street team. He didn't have people tweeting for him. Uh, there was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was no IG. He could put stories and stuff that you follow around. He sold those albums without the benefit of that. Can you imagine if you could just sit at home and buy a Thriller album or buy a Dangerous album, or buy Off the Wall? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And be able to have those streams, there's absolutely no way Drake streams would compare to Michael Jackson streams. Uh, I'm sorry to say that. Um, 
I hope it didn't hurt your feelings. If it did, I don't care. So anyway, so moving on from that, I, I just want to make sure we got that clear. Exactly. Um, wait, we waited on his videos. LB, Chris, yeah, you definitely are right. We we were wait on these videos. You know, we'll wait on these albums, on these songs. Like, there's just no way you can compare. Drake doesn't have 20 songs that can touch Michael Jackson's 20. He he simply doesn't. And again, I like the guy. I think he's a good rapper. I think I think very highly of him. But Michael Jackson, nah, nah. There's very few artists in today's world or yesterday's world that touches what Michael Jackson demands. The king, the, the king of pop, for a reason. That means he didn't just reach the hood. He reached the hood and mainstream America. He 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 reached the rich. He reached the poor. Um, this man went to the Soviet Union in the height of the Cold War and got military detail. You know how important you have to be for the Russians to pull military guys away from their duties of defending Russia against capitalism just to follow Michael Jackson around and make sure he's good? Come on, man. It's not even close. So we're going to take a little commercial break right quick. And when we come back, we're going to discuss um, the uh, situation at Howard University. All right. Hey, welcome back, party people. Um, right now, this weekend, Howard Homecoming, um, we're all celebrating. Uh, we're trying to find ways to celebrate. Uh, maybe it's it, we can't get up on the yard. Um, alumni can't be on the yard. Uh, there's no yard fest, which is a bummer, I'm pretty sure, for the kids. And, and for the last two years, they pretty much went without homecoming. But they will be allowed at the football games. And I think there's a couple of events on the yard that... Um, they're allowed to do but it's pretty much only for students so alumni like me we're regulated to just hanging out on hanging out amongst ourselves maybe finding a group of people to, to chill out with but all the yard stuff we can go to the football game i'm not going to the football game i'm not going to watch that but you know you can go to the football game watch the game and whatnot uh, we play norfolk state this year so that should be a good game and shout out to all my spartans out there um Hope everybody's safe. Hope everybody has fun tomorrow. But the main thing, there's an issue at Howard University. Um, the students have been protesting, which is a time-honored tradition at Howard. Um, when something happens we don't like, we're going to protest. It. We're going to go up to the A building. We're going to take over Blackburn. We're going to take over the A building. We're going to take over whatever we need to do to get our voices heard. And, um, and while we can all agree that this situation, for those of you that know, Howard's on some BS, Howard University, the administration is on some BS. It's the fact that we love our school enough to challenge the admin. We love our school enough to call it out. And that's what makes Howard University great. We can sit here and tell the world that we're the best, but we can also turn back around and look at ourselves and say, you know what? This is not working. This is not how it's supposed to be. So, so let's get yourselves um, caught up. Um, students are basically uh, protesting um a few things one of them is um people are upset about the uh um cyber attack that happened at howard um early september two weeks into the uh school so and the campus had to shut down why is the school opened up the uh, cyber attacks 
who knows but it is that's that's what's happening and people were upset of that um second the housing situation um and I, from what i'm understanding it's twofold one the lack of housing and how it keeps on admitting students and those students are coming up here and they don't have housing second part of it the ones who are getting housing are dealing with um no running water air conditioning being shut off and for those of you who lived in dc and for those of you who've been that who who were who howard students um no no ac in the middle of uh, uh late august early september the temperatures are 80 90 degrees in dc yeah it's pretty miserable um i when i came in 95 um we didn't have the ceiling fans in drew and um that was in the middle of one of the biggest heat waves um that i can remember i think it was 100 degrees like every day the heat index was like 105 every day my orientation week absolutely miserable but enough about my complaints um second and this is probably worse mold has been um found in some of the dorms and a lot of students are uh, dealing with that and one of the things that that's angered them more than that is the lack of communication or seeming the lack of wanting to engage from the administration to fix and deal with the problem and honestly that's simply not right you know that's totally not right and those kids um they have a point they definitely have a point to complain about that and right now they are locked in the uh blackburn center um at howard university and and they're waiting they, they'll talk to their president and and i think the president uh president frederick should should actually come out and have this discussion with them you know ease try to ease them if it ease their fears let them know that the university is behind them and the university is going to get it fixed but ignoring the situation only makes it worse and you know and it hurts the prestige of my university um oh apologize for it being so dark the lighting in this room i gotta uh fix that but anyway we're uh and, and I think if we there can be a conversation, I think this situation can be resolved quickly. Um, also moving on um, from that, um, the sit another situation at Howard University is the fact that there's no students on the board of trustees. And usually there was always a spot for students and faculty on the board of trustees and the administration took that away from them. So there's simply no representation. There's not a voice there when decisions are made. And again, we, fought a whole revolution behind it you know we fought a revolution behind it about representation um the civil rights movement itself was about representation you know um voting rights act fighting for the vote fighting the uh in jim uh crow um segregation that's all about representation and that's what a battle we've been fighting with and i think for a culture for a people who have been fighting for representation for the last 400 years we should not have to have that fight amongst each other you know um if i'm not mistaken almost every member of the board of trustees is african-american or a minority or a, a woman and um and all those groups have had to face that so why would you put that on uh the student body you know and and it's been kind of a conflict um with people coming in for homecoming and i get uh why people want to come in the homecoming i get why people want to celebrate homecoming because that is the time of year you know um 
to come back and meet people or, or just to hang out with your friends and enjoy what how at homecoming is uh, is about but I also want people to keep in mind if you are going to go try to donate a couple couple dollars to those students um try to help those students who are fighting not only for their rights but for future generations um i have a son who i hope ends up at howard in a couple years and i want i want his situation to be better than theirs than mine's um I, I don't want to hand him the old howard that i dealt with i want a better howard when he gets there you know um if anything just for i can come back and say you know what i had it rougher than he is I'm joking. But, um, you know, uh, honestly, it's all about making sure that the school is at its best. We want to we want Howard to be the best. We want Howard to be at his best. And right now it's not at his best. And rightfully, it's getting called out. Um, I'm not going to tell people not to go to homecoming and I'm not going to tell people not to enjoy it. But, you know, this say a prayer. And if you can donate. And find somebody to find a way to give them good food, stuff like that, uh, for them to continue to um, for them to continue to fight this fight. And, and by the way, this is the right fight. They're fighting the good fight here. So make sure you can, you can ever donate and stuff like that. Um, if you want to um, IM me or find links and stuff like that, we can definitely help and work and, and work from there. But anyway. Um, so that's just a nutshell of what's going on uh, at Howard University. And I hope this is, um, hey, what else, Sister Law? Um, I hope that these people um, are able to come together and I hope this can be resolved in a positive uh, manner. All right. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, kind of ties into this topic, but I definitely want to talk about how we treat each other. All that on the Ty Digger Show. Coming up in a few minutes. Don't forget, Ty Digger Show, Tuesdays and uh, Fridays. Um, right now, this has been doing Fridays for the last... Uh, As we come to the end of the show, I, I want to talk about how Americans um, treat each other. Um, not too long ago, I saw a disturbing uh, situation where a young man was talking about how COVID took his grandmother and um, uh, I don't know if his grandmother was somebody older in his family, how COVID, uh, how she died from COVID. And, and in the back, this guy, this kid had to be no more than 17, 16, 17 years old. And in the back, you had adults laughing and snickering about that. And it, for some reason, and, and I think it's always been there in this country. I think that dislike for each other, I think that not caring for your fellow man has always been there in this country. But the outright fact that people are now proud of being nasty and rude to each other and the fact that that's people's default setting that being rude, like folks just want to be ugly towards each other and they, they, they want to say the worst thing they can possibly say to another human being who might be going through some stuff, through some things. Because I can tell you this much, if I'm talking about my loved one passing and I hear somebody smiling, snickering about it, it's going to be a problem. But that's neither here nor there. 
um for some reason we we don't care about each other we won't mask up we won't get vaccinated to help one another and and it's been this stance against vaccination that i just don't understand and and i think it's getting to the point where people are just either a trolling or being contrarians for the sake of having being on the other side of an argument and i don't think there's an other side of this argument it shouldn't be another side of this argument um a lot of people want to go out a lot of people want to hang out but nobody wants to get vaccinated nobody wants to get nobody wants to mask up uh nobody wants to protect not only themselves but other people you know you might not be okay you might be okay with having covid or you might think it's not a big deal but other people think it's a big deal you know and and i think we should respect that i mean i know i'm going to hear people say well you should respect the fact that i don't want to get vaccinated but it's like if you don't want to get vaccinated stay at home you know don't be around people you know don't be around people to give your to give germs to or 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 put them in a situation because some folks um like myself we're immune compromised at this moment and something like covid covid why it might some people might be able to survive or when i was healthy i would be okay but right now it's a death sentence for a lot of people who have immune deficiency uh problems you know it's and and then i see people being rude to each other um i see it all the time on on twitter on facebook and that, and that's that and i don't understand is why is that your default setting why is being nasty why is being angry why is being rude why is laughing at other people's pain your move your go-to move um and it's even been brighter since trump came into office and a lot of people feel like you know what I get to say what I want and I'm going to say what I want, how I please, and I'm going to be nasty to people and it doesn't matter. But I think it does matter. It it, it matters a lot how you treat people, you know, um, and this before we go off the shot, I just want to bring about my story, bring it back to my story uh, about treating people right. Um, when I first had when I first found out I had cancer, I honestly thought that I would be battling this alone. But my family, my friends um, have been behind me. My high school friends came up all the way from Lexington, North Carolina to come see me. Um, people have sent me cards. People have checked in on me. And a lot of that just goes to the fact that I actually chose to treat people right. You know, they think there's a saying like people will forget what you said to them or they'll forget what you taught them but they'll never forget how you treated them they're never going to forget how you treat them and a lot of you guys a lot of people when i say you guys i'm talking about the masses a lot of people are going to wake up one day and realize that whoa i treated people like shit you know I, i'm in i'm in a situation i'm stuck or i might be down bad and there's really nobody i can talk to because growing up all I can ever think of was being an asshole to people, you know, and that should never be your default setting. That uh, love and treating people kindly is the only way that we advance as a society. Um, when we talk about racism and uh, bigotry, like that, those two words has held this country back from being truly what it could be 
for so long. And there's a lot of people who are stuck on being mean and nasty because one, it benefits them as a race. I'm not going to get into that, but you know who I'm talking to. It benefits them. And second, it makes them feel good or they feel like that's their vengeance because somebody else treated them bad. And that should never be your default setting. So as you hear my voice and as I end off this show, I just want everybody to look inside themselves and just say, you know what? I'm going to make an effort to start treating people better. Now, that doesn't mean you let people walk over you, but, you know, not being nasty, being the default setting for you. You know, at, like there could be a situation usually at work when somebody's make you angry and the first thing you think of is ripping into them. But sometimes you need to think about, you know what? That person might be going through something. I'm going to ignore that. And I'm going to take the higher road. You know, I disagree with Michelle Obama first said when they go low, we go high. But I think once you erase that, um, once you do go higher and uh, one more story, um, there's this guy on this message board that we always go back and forth with and we always putting each other down. Um, and he made it a point to uh, always single me out for any comment to the point now it's going on four months. I haven't said two words to this guy. He always asks me, he always mentions me. He'll not respond to a comment. I don't give him satisfaction no more. I read it. I roll my eyes at it, but there's nothing positive from my interaction. And once you start running into people, when there's nothing positive coming from that interaction, the best joy is totally ignoring them and be the first to do it. Be the first to ignore people. There's absolutely nothing better than ignoring somebody or blocking somebody on Twitter. And you still know they're talking to you and they know they're blocked or they know that you're not speaking to them and they just desperately want to engage with you. And you're just sitting there watching them suffocate under that pressure of just trying to get a response. You know, there's something to think about. So now, as we go on to the close of this show, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. To my fellow bison who are uh, out partying and out and about this weekend, stay safe. Um, the rest of you guys um, do the same, and we'll talk again next week. Ty Digger signing out. Thank you guys for coming in. I definitely appreciate having you here with me. Um, let's do it again next week sometime. Tyrone.